It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 77, Atonement, in which Delenn learns a shocking fact about herself thanks to our new sponsor, 23andMe. Welcome back to The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, where we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program Babylon 5. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host. Chris Tatro. Hi, Chris. Hey, John. All How good? are we tonight? We are fine. We are... Mm-hmm. We are languishing in a hotel room, mm. and uh, and we are worried that we will be reverberating with one's voice, and this will sound very echoey, but I don't think so. It sounds so, good on my end, and I will do my usual audio wizardry to make sure that it's uh, it's better than 75% of other podcasts out there, some of which are just, I'm sorry, to slag our, our fellow brothers and sisters, but some just... You know, you know, don't don't try to record on the other side of the room through a built-in laptop mic. It's just not the way the, you do things. The the number of programs that I would be interested in listening to that have the audio quality of I am speaking into a cup mm-hmm. connected by a string to some other cup in some distant faraway land. And it's all yes. like that. Makes me crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, our... Our content notwithstanding, I hope that our mm-hmm. audio quality is at least acceptable. Right. And, you right. know, with, uh, you know, with using the word acceptable, uh, I think that that is a good way to segue <laughs> into, uh, look at that, right? It's like butter, wow, baby. professionals. Into um, this episode of Babylon 5 Season 4 called Atonement, uh, in which we learned some things for sure that we were alluded to in previous episodes and learned some other things that maybe we wish we, uh, you know, in having <laughs> now learned them, that the show would, would, would give a little bit more room for these ideas to breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so what did you make of this, Chris? Well, as you said, uh, acceptable. Uh, I, I didn't think this was a very strong, I think it would have been stronger if it had come earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to have a, a a group of really fundamentalist kind of rigid Minbari calling Delenn out on her transformation and on the the closeness that she's working with with the humans, I, I know the war got in the way and everything, but it seems like this is it seems like this is a little far down the road to be having that discussion. Yeah. It, it sort of feels like if this was a thing, then it might just as well have been a thing at an earlier time. And dramatically speaking, it might have even been more interesting Yeah, if it had come thinking. to pass right during the war. Mm-hmm. Right. It would give them you know, kind of more things that they had to, well, not that they didn't have enough to deal with, but more things to kind of address um, and right and my my other 
my issue with this episode, as you as you suggested, is I'm afraid that it's going to be a done and forgotten thing, and right. not revisited. The implications of what we've what we've got spilled out here. Um, right, right. Um, which is that apparently this war, that you know, ten years after the Earthman Bari War, that that war itself was uh, was ordered by Delenn and was sort of sustained in some way by her rage and her fury. Yeah, and that has strong implications for her relationship with Earth and with Sheridan specifically. Definitely, you know, on that on that angle. And well, and Sinclair too, right? Oh, sure. Sure. Right. I mean, this, that's not an ongoing thing so much right. she's, you know, as much as she's She's not engaged to Sinclair at this point, but right. uh, I, you know, I, I got the sense, and from reading JMS's comments on the the Lurker's Guide, uh, that she's not really planning to bring it up with Sheridan. It's like, oh, okay, this is done. It's in the past. Let's just, you know, why bother bringing it up? It would only cause anguish or or problems. Uh, you know, okay. Well, I know myself, and yes, I'm I. 98% shame, you know, is the composition of my body. Sure. But uh, if, if I had 2% water, 98% shame. Exactly. <laughs> if I had that kind of, the knowledge that, oh, you know, I was responsible for this, this war that killed thousands upon thousands of, of humans. I was the one who gave the order for it to start. Um, and then can she take responsibility for the whole thing? No, probably not necessarily. It kind of snowballs out of control from there. Right. But I, that's, I, I, would, I would feel I needed to kind of clear the air with my partner that I'm planning yes. to spend the next 20 years with. Right. But to just kind of go, go no, I guess that's, that's sort of done and gone. Then... That just yeah. it didn't feel satisfying to me. Now, my my counter to that is simply that, well, why should Delenn be any different than she's always been? Right. Now, the, the problem, of course, there is that after the Zahadum business, mm. you know, with Sheridan's wife, with Anna, mm. are we really still in a place where she hasn't learned this lesson about communication? It would appear that we are. Yeah. <laughs> because and here's the thing. The... We learned this in episode, you know, 10 of season four, mm -hmm. but she's known all along. Right. Yeah. That, right? That's what I was going to say. This isn't the surprise revelation that we get in this episode. This is something that she's known. That's right. And has chosen not to reveal all along. So, no, I don't expect there to be a, a, a turnaround, but... You know, if if this had been part of the whole litany of things that she was keeping from Sheridan in the Zahadum episode, you know, and, and then we kind of moved past it there, that right. would have felt that would have felt like a better placement to me. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I, I I think I think we're meant in this episode to want to be in a place where we're trying to kind of reproblematize Delenn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Mimbari, and JMS is setting the Mimbari up as a kind of 
proxy or a kind of an analog to human society, mm-hmm. which is why we get this episode immediately after Illusion of Truth. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll sort of we'll sort of come to that. But Delenn is a character. I don't know that she's moved a long distance as a character from what we learn, you know, from what we learn here. No. No, she's she's able to kind of shatter the bubble of the, uh, you know, the, the inquisitorial uh, sort of branch of her house that wants to kind of drum her out. Right. Um, but it doesn't feel like she herself kind of goes anywhere or that this new knowledge is going to change anything for her. Yeah. And, and really, as you've said, has she really, have we seen any real change or evolution in Delenn from the start of the show? Or maybe we can say from when she comes out of the chrysalis. Well, now I'm not, I'm not necessarily making that case but rather you know she's gone through a lot but she continues even though she has become physically transformed to express a very strong and conservative small c bimbari mm-hmm. cultural uh alignment mm-hmm. right that you know she 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 wants the rituals to be performed. She wants them to be be performed correctly and in a certain way. You know, clan, caste, um, you know, society, mm-hmm. etc. Right? No indication of a flexing towards a human way of looking at some of these questions, which maybe this might have been an opportunity. For her, you know, to go back and and try to move her clan in a slightly different direction, mm-hmm. you know, because again, what we learn, she knows. Part of it. Yeah, part of it. Part yeah. of it. Okay, yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole that the the piece of of her and so many other Minbari being descended descendants of Valen. And thus right. of Sinclair is the new, is the Indeed. new piece here. Indeed, um, yeah. That and she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. That piece is, that piece is is newly revealed in the dreaming. Um, right. You know, another another instance where we're able to not have to build a set by just filling a room with kind of smoke and gauze. Yeah. Right. Or uh, or, or black lights rather than uh, you know than than building things out. I am. I understand budget constraints. Right. There you go. Fine. Right. Yeah. Um, that um, those space battles that we saw, you know, three episodes <laughs> ago, you know, yeah. they they were not. Uh, they were clearly not cheap. Divert all cash to the auxiliary space battle. Uh, that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's left? Eight cents. Mm-hmm. Bring in the gauze. Yeah. yeah. Time for another. Uh, time for another gray council scene. Yeah. Everyone exactly. stand in the spotlights. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it is a little bit, it, it definitely falls into the category of, you know, fifth level uh, Mimbari esoteric weirdness 
Yes. Which, you know, we haven't seen in quite some time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of nice to have it back, even though at the end of the day, I'm not entirely sure I could say what it is. Yes. Right. Okay. It's a Mimbari cultural practice that involves the dredging up of, of, you know, uh, you know, buried memories and what have you. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I can, I, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't it's, need that explained in, in elaborate detail. Yeah. It's nice that this procedure allows you to do the, the standard, like, uh, you know, CSI zoom enhance technique on memories, um, you know, right. where, where she didn't hear what Ducat said when he actually died. So in her mem, but, 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 but that, it's there, his words are still there in her memory. She just has to zoom and enhance enough to be able to hear it. Right. Right. Okay. Well, we'll just we'll I'll 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 allow I'll allow it. We'll just kind of skip over that. It's 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 as you say, esoteric Mimbari, you know, strange ritualness. Right. Space right. elf magic. Space elf magic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, better better not to inquire too deeply, mm-hmm. lest you learn something true that will shake the very foundations of your core. Mm. Indeed. You know, or something to that, uh, something to yeah, that effect. Something along that So, line. so we've got Delenn, uh, you know, uh, uh, beside herself over what the humans did to Dukat, mm-hmm. uh, ordering this war in her rage, which not only results in the deaths of hundreds of millions of, uh, you know, of humans. Uh, and the destruction therein of their souls, because I don't believe there was a fleet of soul hunters surrounding Earth. Right. Harvesting, right? Mm. Okay, so the soul death of hundreds of thousands of Mimbari souls is on her, mm-hmm. you know, is, is on the hook. Um, but also, she's the proximate cause of the destruction of the Mimbari warship that Sheridan Starkiller himself destroyed. Sure. Right. So that's, that's, you know, the, 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 you know, direct responsibility for, you know, the deaths of, of some, of some number of her, uh, you know, of her fellow, you know, of her fellow Mimbari, yeah. which is, which is, you know, a, a crime as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, as you say, she's, She's known this for what thirteen years. She's right. she's she's known that she was the one who gave the order, and she must have come to terms with it within herself before before coming to to the station, before yeah. agreeing to serve as ambassador and 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 work beside humans. Yeah, um, yeah. You know she 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 had to have she had to have come to a place of of where that's not going to be a, a problem or, or something that's, that's troubling her. Um, and again, you know, is that compartmentalization or dodging her own blame or culpability right. in this? Or right. is it, uh, is it just how the Minbari think? Well, you know, it, it, it was a thing. It was a point in time. I did this thing and it's maybe they don't think about consequences right. playing out in the same way that, that, that we do, but right. Hmm. You know, it's 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 interesting that she goes back to um, uh, you know to sort out an issue with her clan and her decision to take on this human form and to uh, move down the road towards becoming the 
you know, the life partner of a human. Mm-hmm. Um, when in fact, the the the, the far greater problematic relationship is the the fact that she's a uh you know she's a descendant of Sinclair mm-hmm. and therefore there are kind of millions hundreds of millions unco- what did he call it countless yeah yeah countless numbers of Mimbari who are carrying human genes and you know this this idea of kind of racial mixing gasp clutch pearls right monocle pop yeah. right yeah um, it's 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 clearly a huge issue for the uh, anti miscegenationist mimbari mm-hmm. and it's it's refracted through a more general xenophobia framework on earth right, right? yep um, presumably because humans don't even realize that you could intermix the genes or something. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely getting it from, from both sides. And, you know, I, I think this, is this the first indication that we've had that I, I don't, I don't remember it coming up at any time previously that, these kinds of relationships were forbidden or that, as they say that, that no Mimbari has ever taken an outworlder or an offworlder, you know, as a, as a, a lover or a spouse or a mate or. Yeah. Uh, I have which, no memory of a previous, yeah. of previous lines of dialogue to that effect. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think you could infer it from the way the Mimbari have acted in the past. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't think it was ever expressly expressly said. Yeah, I would have thought that it would have come up at some point between Delenn and Sheridan, or she, that was something she would have had to have wrestled with. Right. When they started their relationship, but. Uh, yeah. But or or maybe it's it's just. I mean, honestly, the line sounds like a a load of bunk to me. Anyway, you can't tell me that there's. Even the most kind of monastic and reserved, uh, you know, you know, species is going to that has starfaring ability. You know, traveling around the galaxy, meeting all of these other people. You know, somebody somewhere along the line they get their freak on, and you know it. That's right. And to say That's that right. this has never happened, come on, give me a break. You know, as you know, as. Uh, I think we've quoted Lynch's laws here in the uh, in the, yeah. the podcast before, but whatever you can conceive of, someone has tried it and liked it. That's right. Yeah, and things were different in the South. Uh, quite. Yes. Yeah. So, so some someone. I mean, Delenn can't be the first in thousands of years of space traveling Minbari to pair up with somebody who's who's not. Just right. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that this guy knew that there was that there were human DNA, right? You know, he's he's clearly he's got his he's got his line that he believes, and he's putting it forward, right? And he's just pretending that that anything that doesn't agree with his particular stance isn't real, doesn't happen, isn't possible, right? Right. Complete denial. 
which means he probably has like a a, a Centauri lover back home or something like that. If, that's if how our, these if, things normally parse. That's how right? these things usually shake out. Yeah. 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 A Drazi. <laughs> Clearly, a Drazi lover. Yeah. Um, you get a hold on you, believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like no other. Like no other. Uh, before you know it, you'll be wearing green. <laughs> She's a drowsy oh, that's lover. Good. Oh, that's that's good. <laughs> She'll take your sash, but you won't feel it. Okay, okay, and, okay. And, we're we're going to be enough. recording this, and it'll go up on as a Patreon exclusive or something, <laughs> um, which is for the best, since no one would ever give us money for this. <laughs> no one will have to hear it. <laughs> um, you know the 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 way that the way that JMS you know kind of is writing this show, right? We've got the kind of Mimbari who intermix you know their their racism is of a uh, is of a kind of visceral don't mix our blood mm-hmm. right and oh secondarily don't don't mix our culture mm-hmm. whereas in in humanity it's the other way around don't 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 muddle our culture uh and you know, keep keep off of keep off of our planet, right? Mm-hmm. But right, okay. Humanity here in the in the in the setting of the show. Oh, correct, okay. correct. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, not not now. You know, yeah. in in okay. you know, in the in the universe, mm-hmm. um, there is a kind of gawking sideshow fascination revulsion for Delenn mm-hmm. that we see in the way that she's portrayed by earth journalists. Mm-hmm. Right. But mostly what we get when we get humanity talking about these questions is a kind of cultural plus racism. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to a kind of racism plus a little culture, mm-hmm. you know, from them, from the Mimbari side. Right. right, right. Do you do you have a memory from this from watching this program to the degree that you remember it mm. of it being so firmly anti-racist? I I don't, um, you know, and I wonder this episode coming in in ninety seven. I think is a very different place than watching it now in 2019. Sure. Um, I honestly, I don't remember this episode at all. I, I suspect that after the end of the shadow war, I think I, I think I was kind of only watching spottily from here on out. Yeah. Um, I know I, I know next week's episode racing Mars I had seen, but this one I don't have any memory of. Um, and you know, there, there are certainly other places throughout where the, the anti-racist uh, or you know, cultural inclusion message comes through strongly. It's it's, it's really at the, it's one of JMS's core values. I would yeah, think. yeah, for sure, for and, sure. And it's sprinkled throughout his work. But I think this is one of the places where we see it the strongest. Yeah, uh, in this particular episode. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you recall this one from back in the day? No, I don't. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I I I remember, 
you know, a little bit about the reveal, right, mm-hmm. that there are, you know, kind of, you know, if you're 23 and me, the Mimbari, <laughs> right, instead of it being Neanderthal genes, it's going to be human genes. Yeah. Right. Oh, you know, 3% human, right? That kind of thing. Right. I remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I had forgotten, frankly, that Delenn started the war. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten all about this kind of cultural practice, you know, this dreaming mm-hmm. stuff, which, you know, my interest in the way that these shows express that kind of esoteric weirdness has always been high. So, yeah. Right. Um, not quite sure that I still fully understand these triluminaries. Yeah. In all fairness. Um, no. But. They seem to I, react and, in the presence of someone of the mixed DNA. Yes. So. Yeah, which, okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember the Shakar prosthetic guy looking back at himself. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. That's, that's a Chekhov's eye, you know, without, without a question. You don't, you don't set up a situation where you have, where you tell someone, oh yeah, you can, you can put this eye, you know, down over here and still, still see from it. Oh, 100%. That's that's so set up for, for shenanigans down the road. And Jakar is a shenaniganator of, of a galactic level capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so look, we, we've, we've got all this business with Delan and we've got this business mm-hmm. with Dukat and we've got her starting the war and we have, oh, you know, the Mimbari blood is actually infused with human blood. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what our, kind of our main jam here is. Um, but because it is, you know, Avengers Assemble, mm. we get a little bit of Zach with the uniform moaning yeah. and groaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jakar getting his new eye. Yeah. And what I thought was was a nice reference back to many seasons ago. Ivanova, Green Sash. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's then still, coming out of the uh the turbo lift, you know. I guess in you know, she's still the the leader of the, the, the green drazi, you know, who knew? Yeah. But only on the station, right? I believe so. Yeah, she's not uh I don't think she's leader of the whole planet. She's not the leader of the Drazi. No. Yeah. No. Well, hey, good for her. She's got a army of loyal followers, you know, that uh, that she can set on whoever needs to be set upon. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's in there to to remind us of her role with the Drazi, and maybe that will come back somewhere down the line as well. Yeah, maybe. maybe it's just an off, you know, right thing just to have her in a fun scene and coming out of an elevator. Right, right, right. Um, do you have a sense at this point of how the how how Minbar is governed? Is on the a, is, like is, on a day to day basis? No. Yeah, yeah. Is the is the leader? You know, a kind of first among equals, but really just a counselor. That's one of the yep. things I was kind yeah. of struggling with, right? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it? You know, you you have the greatest influence. It's like a senate. 
it's not not at all clear and i can't imagine that it is these nine in the gray council who are you know actually administering and and ruling the planet itself they 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 seem to be making much higher level decisions than things like you know in, uh, internal uh, i don't know in, in internal issues domestic uh, you know budgets and and those kinds of things well that's I, that's kind of my perspective yeah right <clears throat> wondering if maybe i'm you know if i was missing something or if i just couldn't put a put a thing together that was there you know no no i you know every time we've seen the gray council talk about anything it's been it's been much larger uh, much larger issues n- not anything to deal with just the you know, the 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 structure of running things on the ground i'd imagine a lot of that is is set aside or handled by the the worker caste you know, in, in addition to, you know, whatever kind of physical, I imagine they're also kind of the, the, the administrative tier. So they're handling a lot of the bureaucracy and whatnot as well. Right. But, uh, I mean, that, but that's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no, there's nothing about a, a, a governing structure or a, or a body. They don't seem to be a democratic kind of people. Um, yeah, I mean that 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 that's also my you know kind of read on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that um, that they're they're sort of autocratic mm-hmm. without being imperial. Um, but still, I was left sort of uh, you know w- wondering you know kind of where does the power yeah, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would imagine that if an order came from the Gray Council that you know X and such is going to happen or must happen at home domestically, then it would be done. But is there an intervening level that that kind of you know manages things? Again, something that would be in the nine hundred page you know setting Bible that uh, that you and I would love. To get our hands on. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, you know, is what is what I want and I'm never going to get. Uh, you know, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the story they're telling. Right. Do you have an IMDb corner for me? Your tone suggests you have one for me. I do. I, I don't have one here. I, I don't think. Let me look at my notes. Nothing jumped out at me. Okay, well, please. Did you note who the director of this episode was? I didn't. Tony Dow. Tony Does that Dow. name ring a bell to you? No. Wally Cleaver. <gasps> whoa, okay. Okay. <laughs> now, let me whoa, whoa, whoa you even more. <laughs> Gentle listeners, you have no idea how much I've been waiting to spring an IMDb corner on Chris. <laughs> Because because Chris is now having one of those experiences that I have, which is good grief. Where is this going? Um, okay, so Tony Dow, um, teen heartthrob from Leave It to Beaver, you know where he plays Wally, you know Beaver's uh-huh. older brother, right? Um, Tony Dow not only directed this episode and a number of other episodes, 
but he was the visual effects uh, supervisor on a number of Babylon 5 episodes, including uh, Apotheosis, which we just talked about a few, uh, oh. a few episodes ago. Um, yeah, he's got four visual effects supervisor credits, Apotheosis, The Summoning, Whatever Happened to Mr. Garibaldi and the Hour of the Wolf, all from 1996. Mm-hmm. So all from earlier in this season, which I thought was uh, was pretty surprising. Yeah, um, yeah, he's had, um, you know, his. I, I didn't know, you know, I never, I, honestly, I never gave it a, a huge amount of thought, but I didn't know that he kind of transitioned over into into those kinds of uh, those kinds of roles. Right, right. Very and this is this is the first of five Babylon Five episodes that he's going to direct. Yeah. Right, yeah. and I thought and that some there crusade was, episodes, indeed, and a DS Nine hmm. episode, bizarrely, yeah. uh, you know, because these shows appear to be, uh, uh, Ooh. and uh, Swamp know. Thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that program. So, oh, yeah, I watched that a lot back in the. It was, I think, it was on USA back in the early nineties. It was pretty bad. Nice. But I've got a soft spot in my heart for Swamp Thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, so. I, I thought that that was a nice, uh, you know, kind of a nice touch, um, uh-huh. you know, Very given, nice. um, uh, you know, given how deeply involved, you know, he is in the, you know, in the business, uh-huh. um, to see someone move from being, you know, teen heartthrob Wally Cleaver to being a visual effects supervisor of a show whose visual effects are improving by nature of technological change. Mm-hmm. Virtually episode to episode, right? You know, yeah. good on good on him. Um, Definitely, yeah. So nice. So yeah. So and anything else from this guy, Chris? I don't have anything else. No. Yeah, I think we've, I think we've, we've covered we've, it. Yeah, I think you know we're, we're 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 back to sort of interstitial episodes, trying to yeah. trying to get our trying to get our plot back. To kind of a baseline mm-hmm. from which we can then, uh, you know, kind of build to these kind of grand sweeping kind of narrations like we had, uh, you know, like we'd become accustomed, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, so, uh, so folks, um, thanks for listening. And we'll be back uh, next week uh, when we actually return to the Earth system and uh, visit the... Um, the episode named Racing Mars, although, in all fairness, I'm not entirely sure I get why. Same. Yeah. Well, right. until next we'll time, We'll talk folks. about it then. Cheers. Okay. Bye.